Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Welcome to another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And today we're joined by the voice of the open of the podcast and also director of marketing for Penn State Athletics, PJ Mullen. PJ, great to be with you. You're listening to Let's Go State. <laughs> you know, you did a really good job on it. But we, we added a little bit, add a little bit of this and that to the uh, to the sound to make it sound really cool for you, of course, Trip. Well, I, I really appreciate it. It's probably a lot bigger than it needs to be for me. And it's more about the guests that we have on, which is why I think it's great to have you because you've had your fingerprint on basically, I mean, in everything, I can't think of something you haven't done within Penn State Athletics besides coach an actual team. And that would be a train wreck for everybody involved with Penn State Athletics if I were to ever put my two cents on anything X's and O's wise, which is why I stay as far away from the field and the headsets or the ice or the mat or the basketball court. Where did your pride for Penn State come from? It's funny. I, I was I had I never even thought about going to Penn State uh, when I was when I was on my search when I was back in high school mm-hmm. uh, in my in my my high school days. And I came up here, um, 2002, saw Penn state football, take care of business with Michigan state. Um, LJ blew up out there. I think he had four or five touchdowns and I, w- and I saw the student section. I was sitting in the North side of the, 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 uh, the stadium. So in like NJ or something like that, I thought that student section is absolutely insane. And I thought my high school student section was awesome. And I thought I want to be a part of that one day pretty much fell in love with it. I, like my uncle had gone here. I had a couple cousins that went here. Nobody, nobody in my, my family, like my brothers, um, were still in high school. My, my parents didn't go here, but, um, everyone, oh, Penn State's great. Happy Valley is awesome. And I just never really looked into it because I was so tunnel vision in high school. So I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta go to Syracuse. Carmelo Anthony's on the basketball team and they just won a national championship. Or I gotta go to UNC because that's where Vince Carter and Jerry Stackhouse went. And, you know, when I, when I came up here, I just, I, I fell in love with it. I, I was literally driving up here. I came up here with my dad for that game and I'd been up here with my mom as well and it's funny looking back because I remember when I drove up here I'd never been to central Pennsylvania before and when I pulled up and saw everything was named after the Nittany Lions or Penn State and every restaurant was named after it and you're so aware of where you are when you pull into town and I thought this is this is just a different place this is cool seeing the cathedral up on the hill Beaver Stadium and thinking this this is a place I'll never get this out of my head so I might as well see what we can do for four years here. So you said you went to school for communications and coming out of school, you were doing broadcasting. You had a relationship with Penn State Athletics mm-hmm. already, but you were a DJ on B94.5 yes. and yes. working the morning show. So mm-hmm. how did you go from that to getting into working with Penn State Athletics? Yeah, I think um, I, when, I, when I was working at the radio station at B94 locally, it just gave me such a, a great outlet to get involved with the community. Mm-hmm. And and I know you know you know that drill. Just it just puts you in a position to do little things at the local middle schools and high schools and get involved with bit local business owners. You're doing so many little things that ultimately it just it worked out that um, I was doing enough with Special Olympics and Superterno, super involved with Special Olympics. Um, you know, she and I sat down multiple times and we judged contests and I'd have to go over to her house and talk about things and work on things with Tides, which is a local group that takes care of people who are grieving a loss of a family member. And we were in on that together and, um, in on the special Olympics events together. And that just kind of put me in a great spot with Penn State Athletics. Sure enough. And then I was working for the college communications and teaching. So I'd have, I'd have all these student athletes in my classes and, 
their coaches would be uh, reaching out that, you know, if, if I had a great student or want them to intern for me or something like that. So we always worked with the coaches and the staff. So, um, Adam Gress, who passed away uh, a couple years ago, was one of my interns with the football team. And that's how I kind of got started to get to know uh, Coach O'Brien and that staff. Um, yeah, but ultimately one day they needed someone to to run audio and MC some things. I think it was at Beard Field when Beard Field for softball opened up. And I said, yeah, I'll do the PA announcing and do some audio. And that put me in position to do some PA announcing for field hockey and you know women's lacrosse, MC some events for Lady Line basketball, which is awesome. And then, and I tell everybody this all the time, you know, when you're called upon, you know, do the best job you can go hundred percent. Cause you never know when it's going to go up a level. And, um, I remember sitting on the beach in Seattle city, New Jersey, Jim Knockman called me up and he's one of our uh, assistant athletic directors for, for Penn State athletics. And he called me up and said, Hey, I need to meet with you. I said, all right, no problem. I'm on the beach. He's like, can we meet tomorrow? I sped up from New Jersey. I told my parents, I said, if Jim Knockman's calling me, I'm running and I'm going fast. So I drove up and he said, hey, we, we need someone to do some audio and run some music at Beaver Stadium. Our guy's moving to Colorado um, to take on a new, a new position out there. And I said, absolutely. I'd love to. And I thought this could be the best decision of Jim Knockman's career or the worst. And some would probably say it was the worst. Um, but that put me in a position to start doing some stuff. You know, music brings life to everything, brings some energy into Beaver stadium. And then, you know, that just led, you know, led me up the ladder there. Did you ever see yourself when you were just coming out of school, getting involved in this type of fashion within the athletic department? No, I mean, yeah, when you're sitting, when you're running the uh, the board at the radio station and you're um, playing music and doing goofy contests and stuff in the morning, I don't think you ever see yourself in a position where you're going to go to work and, you know, throw on a polo or a sports coat or khakis or, or whatever and, and, and be in these big time meetings. And that's not taken away from the radio station. It's just, it's a different lifestyle. And I think um, one of the great things about Coach Franklin was when I was at the radio station, he, he had come in to be 94.5 a couple of times. And I always told our, our intern crew and our, and our folks around the radio station, yeah, when, the, when the head coach comes in of whatever sport, we got to get the blue band there, the lionettes, the cheerleaders, and we would have a parade for people literally as they would, as they would come in. And I remember when coach came in one time, he said, this is the most energy I've ever had in this. And it was a eight by 10 foot room. He said, this is the most amount of energy I've ever been in, in my entire career. He goes, a lot of people think I have the best job. This is the best job. And he said that about the radio station. I thought I got to stay on this guy's radar. And you know, he, he kind of brought me along and, and ultimately coach Franklin, I, I stalked him. I'm not going to lie. I went to a couple little league games where I knew he'd be thrown out of first pitch. I went to a couple dance recitals where I knew he'd be a guest judge or whatever, stayed on his radar. And, um, and I just stayed on him. He was actually asking me, he would say, Hey, what do you think about this guy or that lady about different job opportunities? I'm thinking, well, I think I'd be your guy. And I'm telling him good things about these people. And, um, I remember one night he called me, I was working up at Tussie Mountain. He said, are you busy? And I was like, no, I'm not busy at all. I was in the middle of wing fest or something. And he's like, oh, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab dinner here with one of our, he's one of our former coaches, Coach Huff. And he said, I'm going to grab dinner if you want to join us. And I said, oh yeah, no problem. I'll be there in a second. Dropped everything I was doing, sped down to the sushi place in Lamont. I hate sushi, by the way. I was going to ask that question. Hate it. <laughs> Absolute worst thing I've ever had in my life. So I'm like, ah, oh, he's like, you like sushi? Yeah, I love it, coach. No, I hate it. So, and meanwhile, I already knew he was going to the sushi place because like I said, I was kind of stalking him in the first place. So I went down there, had a great conversation with him and Coach Huff, Coach Franklin and Coach Huff. Um, he said, hey, we want to do a radio show on my patio next week to kick off the, the school year. Can you help us out? And I said, absolutely. So called up every single coach in person I knew and had them all on his patio, including the athletic director, Sandy Barber, at six in the morning to uh, kick off the school year with coach. And 
I remember him coming out and thinking this is awesome. And he pulled me into his office after that and said, you know, you're starting next, next week. So let the radio station know you're leaving because you're, you're going to start working with us full time. Yeah, an incredible opportunity for you. And I think it's worked out for both parties mm-hmm. in the long term. So let's get into to kind of what you do. And mm-hmm. there are so many different things and we'll get to the Penn State basketball portion of it. And there's a lot of excitement right now mm-hmm. with the program and the direction that they're going and obviously the start that they had to this season. But let's start with the Penn State football piece. And you mentioned the music. So how many requests do you get? A lot. Uh, We get a lot of tweets. We get a lot of Facebook messages. Uh, People hear songs. I had a message this morning. A lady heard a song on a commercial and said, hey, what's the song in the uh, Pepsi commercial right now? And I'm thinking, I I have no idea. But hey, if I'm the music guy, I'm the music guy. It's hilarious because I cannot play a musical instrument to save my life. I have a keyboard in my office, but I I cannot seem to figure out how to even play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. But um, I've become the music guy. And I, I love it. I love that people think that they can hit me up about that stuff. I by no means have final say over everything that plays. Um, it's the head coaches, it's the teams, it's the administrators that, um, you know, that want to make sure, A, we're representing Penn State properly at all times, and B, we're keeping the energy up. So, yeah, tons of requests, hilarious stuff. We'll get um, – I'll get an email a week asking for the lion roar soundbite because someone needs it for their wedding or someone needs it for their uh, gender reveal for for whatever's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, no problem. If I'm if, if you don't know how to YouTube lion roar sound effect and and rip it off of YouTube, I'm happy to help you in that area. But yeah, that, that's actually that's been the foundation that doing the music in the stadium and appreciate Jim Nachman get put me in that position. Uh, put me in a position to get out there. And, uh, you know, as you know, Trip, like you see one thing go down and, and, you know, someone calls out sick or whatever, you just, you go in there and replace him or her and, uh, or, or take their spot for the day and you do a great job at it. You never know. And that's kind of led to, you know, me being in a position where I can not only run the music, but, you know, Dana Krause and I are directing the football games at Beaver Stadium now and, and putting on a show for 100,000 people. What goes into putting together a show for 100,000 people? How can you yeah. summarize it here where you're not going to take up a 45 minutes? Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a village and it's, it's the camera folks. It's, it's everybody. It's, it's Sean McDermott who runs all of our video, everything you see on the video board, all the replays and all the hype stuff you see that's Sean back in the cave, which is in the basement, the Bryce Jordan center. It's a crew on the field directing it. It's, it's really our, our, our lead is Chris Grassi, who's my boss, the assistant AD of marketing and him, you know, giving Dana Krause and I, uh, the thumbs up to kind of make it our show. It's it's buying time with with Jim Knockman and Michael Hazel, director of operations for football, and coming up with great ideas and then putting it all together. And it's working with the Blue Band, Greg Drain, going to their practices, showing them how much you care, and working hand in hand and knowing their beats so we keep the show tight. It's knowing the cheers routines and taking time to work with them to make sure we can do full field we ars and the Lionettes and making sure that they get their minute and a half or so to do their dance routine. And then putting all that together and the Nittany Lion putting that all together and um, doing fun little things on the side, you know, honorary captains or the celebrity we are moments. And if you know Joe Jonas is in town, you better get his butt down there on the field and put him out there because that helps us in so many areas. It helps the in-stadium environment, gets us some national attention, creates some buzz around the program. Um, and that's just areas that we can help out. And we're, we're all building off of what Coach Franklin has. We're just the cherry on top when we're doing what we do. But it takes, it takes you know, a hundred plus people to put on a show over there. Um, we just happen to be in a position where we get to to help lead that that those efforts over there at Beaver Stadium. And the lifeblood of that stadium is the student section. Yep. So how much easier does it make it when you're working with such a passionate student base and just the natural energy that they can bring to the environment? The students are everything, and it, it all it, it 
everything starts and ends with them over there. If you think about it, whether it's a slow wave or a slow clap or a we are chant or a sing along, if they are not there and every, most of the people in there have been in their shoes at some point, but if they're not there, um, it just changes the entire environment. Been to a ton of college football stadiums around the country. And that's the, that's the difference. It's not about what song we're playing or what hype video we're playing or any of that stuff. It's, it's our spirit squads, our cheer, our dance and our band, and then it's our student section. They're unique. Um, it, they are unlike anybody else in the country. And if, if, if you think we're just, you know, saying that you should go somewhere else and see, um, how much more engaged our students are. They, that's just the way they've, they've been trained to do that since they were freshmen. Um, but that's just years and years and years of tradition. And it makes life a lot easier. It, it you know, hitting, a, hitting one button and then reacting to it makes life very easy. The great thing about Penn State is the fan base is so passionate and so excited about everything that goes on. They're also passionate in many ways where they're going to provide some feedback for you. So how do you balance getting the feedback from certain fans? You have five-year-olds in the stadium and you have 95-year-olds in the stadium. You have to keep that in mind at all times. And then you have a pack of 18 to 22-year-olds on the field, obviously. And then you have the, the 21,000 students that make up that, that demographic. And um, because it's the most important thing is providing a competitive atmosphere, mm -hmm. the best atmosphere to enhance the to enhance the environment for the student athletes to perform at their best on the field. Exactly. And and and, and at the same time, you also want the folks, the, the people that have been there for 40, 50, 60 years to have a great time as well. They're 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 a, a huge part. They are the tradition of the stadium. Um, so you got to find little moments. That's why the band plays Hey Baby. That's why we try and um, sneak in a little uh, Frankie Valley here or there. We try and do some of those We Are's up on the big screen with the guys where you'll see Sean Clifford or KJ do a We Are up on the screen. They like that stuff. That's that's just that's been the tradition. And they, they might not like some of the Kendrick Lamar stuff or uh, the Meek Mill stuff that we play, but that's stuff that's getting the guys hype on the field or, or getting the students hype. So there's a balance, like you said. And... Um, there's going to be criticism when you have 107,000 plus people. Um, you're probably not doing your job if you're getting a little bit, if you're get, if you're not getting a little bit of criticism, but at the same time, all of that criticism does matter and those voices need to be heard. So when we do receive an email or, or somebody tweeting at us or whatever it is, and it starts from the top, it starts with our leader, Sandy Barber and, G, and coach Franklin, they see that stuff and then they expect the staff, myself and everybody else to take care of it and make sure that person's heard and that we're uh, taking that criticism constructively and, and applying it in any way, in any any way we can and you know we're not gonna we're not gonna bat a thousand but we should be batting as close to it as possible best moment for you from a game day environment perspective since you started in that position definitely uh the comeback versus michigan uh four or five years ago uh just so much fun to see the stadium in there and and just to to rally together and watch that happen um amazing same thing with the Ohio State game a couple years ago when Coach Franklin and the guys ended up going on to win the Big Ten. That was just such a special night in general, not because we charged the field, um, but because we got to, like Coach said, when he said that in his post-game interview, this community's been through a lot, and to be able to celebrate this moment together means a lot. And I, I'll never forget his words there. Um, personal moments, 100% um, uh, some stuff we've done with the Blue-White game where we've been able to bring some of the Special Olympic athletes down there on the field. And to see... You know, my, 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 one of my favorite ladies in Center County name is Brooke Fisher. She's one of our Special Olympic athletes. Be able to take a snap with Trace McSorley and her, her and her Special Olympic athletes getting to run some routes together and the whole stadium erupt when they're doing their dances in the end zone with KJ. Unbelievable, surreal to be in the middle of that and see it happen and help uh, orchestrate that. 
and then um and then the surprise military item we did a couple of weeks ago um really special just watched a wife who hadn't seen her husband for a while who was in japan um on an aircraft carrier come back and he's only back for a couple of weeks um but to see him come back and her have no idea and to see that right there on the field and the stadium's reaction to that everyone was crying everyone was happy to see it and one of those moments that'll that'll live on in in beaver stadium long long after you and i are both gone Let's shift gears and go into the Penn State basketball mm-hmm. part of it, and that's your primary focus as director of marketing for that program, and a yep. program that's on this great trajectory. So the first thing, where did the climb slogan come from? And I'm climbing, and sure. how have you kind of built on that over the last couple of years? Yeah, the, the climb with us slogan, I, I came over, I left my director of player development position with football, um, and I had always wanted to get in the marketing department, but I left that, back, I think it was 2016. Um, or 17. And I came over to, to primarily focus on hoops at the time. And, um, and the climb with us thing was kind of starting. And my main, my main thing was, listen, we can't keep changing this. So I took one out of coach Franklin's book and I said, the, the PS unrivaled, the unrivaled deal that we do for football, let's just get something and stick with it and stop changing it every year. And we have to have something that people can, and there will be times, that, and I talked to multiple people, there will be times that people will pick at it and make fun of it. And, and but you need buy-in from people and you need it to, you need it to represent the, the program and the program's been climbing and coach chambers liked that. And some other folks helped out with that. And we have three or four phases of it. So we're in the third phase of it right now, which is climb on. Um, but it was climb with us and I'm climbing the first year. Um, last year it was trust the climb this year. It's climb on. And, it's always be in this phase of climb with us like unrivaled for football and never get away with it and use it to our advantage in every way we can. And there will be times that people will say, Oh, they're cli-, if we, if they lose a game, Oh yeah. Climbing, not so much. That's going to happen. That's just the way it is. That's the social media and all of us. That's the trolls out there, whatever you got to move on from that. Um, but it's been, it's just been a good marketing rallying cry. It's not the team's rallying cry. There's his attitude, but the climb with us thing was something for the fans to, um, kind of latch onto and run with it. And it's, it's led to some, some cool things. It's led to our Thon t-shirts instead of climb with us, it's dance with us. Um, our climb on deal is, is how we tag everything. And it's just, a we're, we're, Headed it in the right direction, head it to where Coach Chambers wants to get the program. And, and, and there's never a time where you don't want to be climbing in life. You always want to be headed up. Take us through the day-to-day aspects of your job from that. I mean, you do so many things, but from mm-hmm. that perspective as to what you do with the basketball program is not just trying to get butts in the seats. There's sure. so much that goes into it. I think the, the goal ultimately is, and I say this to everybody, the same people that are putting on the show at Beaver Stadium and making that environment you know, as fun as it is, are the same people that this, you know, the pieces of that pie are in Bryce Jordan Center, whether it's on our staff or the students or the band or cheer dance, it's all the same folks. So how do we get that over to the Bryce Jordan Center? And that's not a one-year process. That's not a two-year process. That's going to be a climb and we're going to keep getting there. And that's really what I focus on every single day. Even when I'm sitting in Beaver State, I'm thinking, what are we doing here that will translate the Bryce Jordan Center? And not everything will. Playing Sweet Caroline at Bryce Jordan Center when we don't have a packed house is not going to translate well. So avoid doing that. Avoid those terrible moments where you're not getting interactive stuff with the fans. You have to you have to think like that and think what will work, what won't, what can we slowly introduce to the fans here? How are we going to make the head coach look good at all times? What are we what are we doing for the guys to get their names out there and make them recognizable figures in town? How do I get to the point where Lamar is walking down? 
down the street and someone's going to go up to him and ask for a selfie. And that's putting his face everywhere. That's le- that's letting him represent the program. He's earned it. He's been here for four years. The guy needs to represent the program. Then we have to go all out with that. We have to have him on the marquee of the Bryce Jordan Center, all of our emails, all of our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And he just, his face needs to be everywhere. Jamari, Mike, John, all these guys. And they need to be recognizable people. And that's marketing 101. How do I make, how do I create brand awareness? How do I have people see somebody or see a word, climb, Lamar, Mike, John, and think that's Penn State basketball. And that's what we're always working on. And this is, and in all due respect, this is a different challenge than Penn State football. Penn State football, for the most part, has had the tradition and success and will sell itself. Penn State basketball, they are building to something. As you said, they're climbing to something. So what type of unique challenges does that present to someone who's in your position? The beauty of it is how willing Coach Chambers, Coach Ergo, Coach Freeman, Coach Ferry, all those guys, and 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 Cappy and, and Nick, they're all parts of the staff, how willing they are to do pretty much anything. I went to Coach, I said, can you climb Mount Nittany with a bunch of media members and the student section? Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to bring my son up too. I'll buckle him to me and my wife's coming and I'm making the whole staff come as well. Awesome. Um, so in that area, it makes life easy because they're willing to do whatever crazy idea we think of random acts of climb this, whatever it is. Um, the challenge is, is like you said, it's the buy-in it's, it's getting the fans, um, to, to buy into what these guys are doing. I, my office looks over the practice court. These guys are in there 24 seven. And when they're not practicing, they're practicing on their own. And when they're not practicing on their own, they're sitting in there doing other stuff with each other, uh, just getting better. So, I have to somehow portray to the average fan that this team is putting in as much work and as much time as any other team that we have here at Penn State. We have so many successful teams, and this team deserves um, the amount of attention that these other teams get. And that just, yeah, it, we do have to keep building on the tradition. And, and, and 20 years from now, it can't be like, oh, the climb thing was cool. No, we need to work now so that 20 years from now, when Lamar comes back comes back to visit or Josh Reeves or Tony Carr, whomever it is, they feel appreciated and they feel like they should come back because they want to celebrate and remember the good old days. And, and I think right now we're, we're, we're in that phase. It was first a buy-in from the students and we did a great job with that. And they started buying season tickets and they're in and they're having fun. Um, the focus last year and into this year is the stu- is the uh, season ticket holders, showing them that we appreciate them. And now we're slowly going into groups as well. And these three phases are going to come together, and, and hopefully it spreads around the entire arena. And the students are well-fed. The students eat every single game for free before every game, and that is not something that you and I got when we were students, but I can guarantee you I would have taken complete advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely as well. Um, can you go to a sporting event anymore and just be a fan or are you constantly watching as to what the game day atmosphere and experience is like? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's, that's a great question for all of us, right? Like how do you, how do you listen or watch highlights on sports center? I can't watch a game anymore without paying attention to the announcers. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's, that's like that for anybody. If you work in the food industry and then you go into a different restaurant, you're going to think about that. So it's the same thing. Yeah. I go to an Eagles game or a Phillies game and I, I've just kind of gotten to the point in my career now where I reach out to the guys and ladies that run those shows and I try and I get more enjoyment out of sitting behind them and watching them do it at that level, professional level or another college stadium or arena. And I, and I really love it. So it's a different element of enjoyment. I can tell you one thing, I do not get worked up watching games. Uh, like I, I used to get very worked up watching Eagles games and Phillies games and Sixers games. And I, and I still have my moments, but I watch these games now, and the one thing, I, especially I learned from Coach Franklin and Coach Chambers as well, is these people are human beings. 
and these guys and these ladies who are competing out there, they go through the same things that you and I go through. They get sick. They go through tough times. They have tough mental days. They have uh, relationship items that come up, family items that come up, and you just don't know what anybody's going through. So I really check myself if I go to an Eagles game or a Phillies game as a fan before I'm yelling anything at the third baseman or the quarterback or booing someone. I've actually found myself cheering for other teams in the NFL now because we have so many guys from Penn State that are on these NFL teams. It's like I can't get mad when the Eagles might lose to, you know, if they play the Dolphins or whatever, and Mike Kosicki's out there for the Dolphins catching it. I want to see Mike succeed. I know his mom and dad, and um, I think that's changed my mindset on appreciating sport, and I, and I, I like it this way. Um, yeah, an element of it kind of takes away the magic, but it also adds to it because you're like, oh, these are human beings. They are just like us, and it's okay to not get angry at a sporting event. So you didn't cry when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Um, I think I cried when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, mainly because I got to watch it with my dad and my brothers and my mom and my sister-in-law, um, and that was just a special moment for the family. Um, but I but I will tell you, if, if they didn't win that day, I, I don't think I would have cried like I might have 10 years prior. <laughs> I wasn't going to get as, as upset. PJ, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. The tribe has spoken. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. PJ Mullen, Director of Marketing, Penn State Athletics, our guest here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics fans. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you like what you heard today. Make sure you check out our previous episodes with Steve Jones, the voice of the Nittany Lions, Erica Dombach, Penn State women's soccer head coach, Jeff Cook, the Penn State men's soccer head coach, Guy Gadowski, and Jeff Campersall, as well as many more. So we'll talk to you next time here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.